Welcome to Godpod. This is a podcast from St. Paul's Theological Centre in London, based at Holy Trinity Brompton. Mike Lloyd and Jane Williams join me, Graham Tomlin, in talking about theology, life, God, and just about everything else. Welcome to Godpod 53. And, um, 53? 53. We've done 52 of these. Brilliant. <laughs> you can count, Graham. It's <laughs> <laughs> 53 minus 1. Yeah. Uh. And um, we uh, have a guest today, um, besides Mike and Hello. Jane. Um, and our guest is Charlie Mackersy. Hooray. Hello, Charlie. <laughs> you see, the thing is, you have to speak. I'm, I, I'm, I'm waiting for my turn. <laughs> this is not a video. I was just about to say something and you interrupted me. <laughs> we will do that, I'm afraid. We have a habit. Um, as, we, as, as we whitter Hello, on... Hello, Graham. Hello, Charlie. Very nice to see you um, and to hear you. Um, as we as we do witter on, as we always do at the beginning of these things, we did have an email from somebody who didn't like our wittering at the beginning of the It's hard to imagine, thing. isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't like comments about cake and biscuits and... And, um, they they obviously don't like Test Match Special well, either. All the archers, actually, or, or yeah. the archers. You know, yeah, come I on. Know, it's half the fun, isn't it? Yeah. That's what Christianity's all about, tea and biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> the archers that well Can you known. pass me a cucumber yeah. sandwich, please, Michael? <laughs> and fruitcake. Mike has a rather <laughs> like the crust. sticky fruitcake. Nice sandals, oh. by the way. <laughs> Good. Well, um, Charlie is um, uh, an old friend. Uh, not so much emphasis on the old, but... Um, and Charlie is an is a, is an artist and does quite a lot of different. What do what do you what do you do, Charlie? Tell us what you do. Um, you know, make make pictures and sculptures mm. and cartoons and mess generally. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my. And you do that for a job. living. I do do that for a living. Fortunately for me, I think I've managed to sort of bluff my way to a point where I can. <laughs> Unfortunately for any other <laughs> employers <laughs> who might otherwise have been inflicted. Well, people have moments of blindness, clearly, when they buy things, and you know, it <laughs> keeps me going. So you're, a, you're an artist, mm-hmm. and you're also a Christian. I hope so. Um, do those things fit together for you? Um, I, think, I think they do. I think, uh, for me, my experience was, was probably not typical in as much as that I went from atheism to theism on my own and in as that when that was happening i started to draw to make sense of of what was happening Hmm. so it was a sort of for me a a way of working things out um Hmm. and the draw i never intended Hmm. it to be a career it it just was something that helped me think yeah yeah. so so they it was a sort of partnership of experiences that that still remains and so i can't really Separate the two, okay. um, and you'd not drawn before. This was a new kind of thing. I, my drawing, I used to draw um, cartoons to make people smile or take the mick out of people. I had no real reason for drawing, and I think I always need—I need reasons to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, just a picture of a bowl of fruit for me was never a good mm. enough reason mm. to make a picture. But I needed a reason for it. Okay, you do. You do quite. I mean, some of the themes of your art—you have a, quite a number of different things. Some of them are more explicitly kind of. Christian in the sense that, you know, there's your, your prodigal son theme, a lot of sort of depictions of that. You also do your, you know, your pictures of jazz music yeah. and that kind of thing. I mean, do you see that as all connected in as well, or do you, do you make a distinction between? I don't think there can be a distinction. I, th- no. I think, I think, um, I mean, the jazz stuff was, it was definitely something I was interested in because I found the expression of, of 
my my sub Christian subculture I was brought up in, I didn't really understand the music mm. so well. Mm. Um, and I'm not even saying the hymns. I meant more the contemporary stuff. I didn't. I yeah. found it all stuck in the 70s. Yeah. And so I went to look for music that moved me. And so I went through the su- 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 Southern African countries and enjoyed mm. church music and it led me to New Orleans. <laughs> Strangely, because <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I liked around. how um, in churches, the ch- invariably the music often, the jazz and the blues seem to have a beginning in the sort of church. Yeah, and I yeah. liked that relationship. Whether it was Elvis or mm. Al Green, all these people seem to have a basis of faith. Uh, yeah. That's where rock and roll, I think, probably. I mean, yeah. I'm probably shot for be shot for saying this, but I think a huge amount of it came from mm. gospel-based mm. people. Yep. So why didn't it stay there? <laughs> um, or at least continue to be there in the church. If, I, if that's I, where it it's a on. very good question. I think because the church fails to be truly honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it likes to always give the answers and not the questions, and the questions can be quite ugly. Mm. And I think you look at a psalm, it has all the questions, whereas our Christian culture seems to be far more comfortable mm. giving the answers without mm. really telling the truth about what it is to be human. There's quite an interesting question about the relationship between the blues and church. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot yeah. of the blues music kind of yeah. church lamentations yeah exactly yeah but it is it doesn't sort of sit terribly comfortably in church sort of singing you know my baby left me um, no but i think it would be great if it it was i certainly think laments would be would, yeah. would be great yeah um, and lament which is just lament it doesn't have to yeah it doesn't have of, this oh here we are but here's but a right. bit at the end yeah yeah it's like psalm 88 isn't it yeah. which, which just never does go around to that, that point but i think suffering will never leave us regardless of whether we believe or not and if we don't have a, cu- yeah. a subculture that can express that we're in trouble yeah yeah you have ends you have taken my companions and loved ones from me the darkness is my closest friend yeah it's about as yeah. cheerful as it gets yeah, so let's clap <laughs> um so, Charlie, we were, we were chatting beforehand, and um, as we do on these God Pods, um, those of you listening to this might not know, but we just we don't prepare this at all. We just literally turn up and talk. I think which, that must be obvious. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it is obvious. Glaringly evident, I have said. <laughs> I'm going under this, this vague delusion that people think we prepare, but of course we don't. Um, but, Charlie, you had quite an interesting question that you wanted to talk about, and... Um, so off you go, go on. Well, it's not so much a question. Well, it's a question to myself, and it's for something I was just talking about with a friend on the phone to just now before I came in, which was to do with, I think, Archer, I don't know who's listening to this, but if you come from my sub- subculture, Christian subculture, with HTV St. Paul's, those kind of churches in London, the question really is, is, is are those subcultures, those communities, are they, are they any, I mean, is it just... A social club with a spiritual veneer is the question. Is it intelligent hedonism? Is it just a, a place where people can um, make choices that are life-giving uh, and make life enjoyable and therefore the social club um, a better place to be? Is there any difference between that, like an Epicurean kind of situation? I just sometimes worry that that's... And I'm as much to blame as anyone. Yeah. But are we... Is there any difference? Good one. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, Because it seems to me those are two different questions, whether it's a social club with a veneer, a Christian spiritual veneer, or whether it's intelligent hedonism, because intelligent hedonism is wonderful, isn't it? Uh, And arguably Christian. uh, And arguably completely Christian. It's an enjoyment of the whole variety of life as it was intended to be lived in and the sort of relationships that it was intended to be lived in. Um, That sounds almost like a definition of... Mm. 
true spirituality to me, intelligent hedonism. Until you come to a point where the enjoyment is, is, is steers you away from anything that is uncomfortable. Mm. Yes. So a friend who's too broken. Yes. A situation that is, is too difficult. But that's where the intelligent bit comes in because yeah. intelligent hedonism will stick with, with it. friendship yeah, because friendship is good and to be enjoyed yeah. even when there is a brokenness there yeah. that creates pain and, yeah. and um, yeah. dissonance. Yeah. But whether there are communities that that welcome the broken and the difficult, mm-hmm. I think that is uh, uh, that is a very interesting question because if if basically they're social clubs where people have to be like us in order to feel comfortable in belonging, yeah, then that's not church, is it? Right. Well, exactly. That is a club. Yeah. 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 It's a clique. So um, actually, it's the presence of brokenness that perhaps makes it church in a way the presence of and the acknowledgement of I mm. think yeah. um, because one can all be there in one's brokenness suffering from that brokenness but not admitting it not facing mm. it not yeah. looking at it just not clapping doing clapping, about it, yeah. clapping yeah. it away trying to yeah. Yeah. suppressing it suppressing it and, and indeed being made to feel guilty if you if well that's right well it's the right. fear of rejection yeah. Yeah. If yeah. It's a, I always used to see it oh, I still do in some ways as a tribal thing and if if you uh, you know I ask a lot you know over the years I said you know what do you think the banner is over the tribe if a tribe has a banner mm-hmm. what would it be and I think if you think the, the the tribal name is good then you're in trouble good uh, as in as in mean, just we are good I think good as nice. in well nice because yeah, then yeah, then yeah, you, yeah. you can't be who you really are and if sure. you don't if you don't mm-hmm. express the, that you're breaking the rules of yeah. the club yeah. and therefore. As, are likely to be ejected or rejected. Yep. That is the sort of Lord of the Flies situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember once in a church I was part of once, which, um, not this one, but um, I was talking to someone who'd recently, uh, they'd suffered some depression mm-hmm. in different ways. And I remember saying to her, um, you know, well, are, you, are you coming to church on Sunday? And she said, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As if that's the last place you go yeah. if you were actually suffering. You've got to be from strong to go there. Depression. You, you know, you had to somehow present yeah. a face of coping because yeah. it was a place where people coped. coped. Which did make me th- think that, that there's something about going to church that we actually bring. The polished um, bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when church is properly itself, we bring kind of brokenness as well as, as, well as our kind of healing too. Because you know, church is a place where, where it's not just brokenness; it's also no, no, brokenness obviously. that's being healed. And um, but, but if you, if what's pre- being presented, let's say by the music, say going back to the music, yeah. is mm. is just the polished bit, yeah. Yeah. then what you're implying by that mm. is that there isn't really any room for anything else. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, in the Christian experience. Mm. I mean, having said, I mean, I think that's right, and I think we need to address that. And, and you're right; the Psalms give us a much better yeah. <laughs> breadth mm. of human emotion um, than that. Uh, having said that, when when I went through kind of my prolonged period of depression, mm. um, I was meant to be going to a large charismatic church as part of my training for a placement, and I thought this is the last thing I want to place, place where it's all kind of happy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, um, and to my surprise, they took the thing completely in their, spri- in their stride. Were completely you know, they expect these things to happen. They yeah. they were incredibly supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it a really positive <laughs> experience. Have you got, have you got their phone? <laughs> 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 uh, so it can, my point is it can be done. You, you know, it doesn't, yep. It's not impossible to be a community yep. that is 
yeah, welcoming yeah, and supporting yeah. of people in yeah. that mm. kind of experience. Well, the practice, I suppose. I mean, one of the practices that you do find in churches like this is is um, you know sometimes towards the end of the service where it is well, like, you know, there will be all kinds of brokenness in this mm-hmm. church, and you are kind of encouraged to come and yeah have that prayed for, have it yeah. addressed. Um, I think where it becomes problematic is when there's an expectation that that is necessarily going to always sort it out sort it straight out. away. Mm. Yeah. And so that people don't feel they can go away actually with not much having happened. Yeah. And actually that's all right. Yeah, it's fine. That's not a disaster. No. Um, but people do need to learn about this, don't they? I mean, in, yes. in any community, uh, it's if you work in an office or something, it's very, very difficult to admit that you're horribly depressed. People yep. mm-hmm. don't want to know and don't know how to cope with it. So yeah. uh, in, in a sense, um, it's no good just simply saying the church ought to be different. We have to have mm. strategies for helping. Yes. Um, That's starting to happen, to yeah. I think, a bit more now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you think um, art can be part of that? Do you think art can open people up in different kinds of ways and actually allow... Emotion to come out in different kinds of ways. I, I, I don't know. M- 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 maybe. I, I mean, I think conversation is, is better than art. Yeah. I think honesty is better than anything, and, and having a place where you can be honest, and not worry that you're letting God down or yeah. letting the side mm-hmm. down or mm-hmm. not flying the flag, mm-hmm. is a really important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're only letting God down, strangely, when you're being dishonest. Yes. And honey, it, it is strange, actually. When someone comes and is honest in that way, it's a very releasing thing for you and for them. Yeah. Actually, it's quite hard to go to a place where you feel everyone else is coping and I'm not. Mm. Yeah. You feel you're the only one, but the reality is you're not. And, you know, there's, I mean, with, I mean at the worst, it gets into sort of schadenfreude. Um, <laughs> but at best, it's a sense that um, I'm not alone yes. in this. And, and if church has its at its best is a place where you 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 can do that as in in other contexts it's quite hard sometimes i, I think that's right i think vulnerability from the front yeah mm. is actually mm. hugely important here mm. um because if the message given is that everything is sorted everything's fine and there's no room for anything mm. then that's what people will take away and they'll suffer in silence and actually of course <laughs> vulnerability tends to induce love mm-hmm. whereas success mm. Mm-hmm. Mm may breed admiration, but it doesn't breed love. Mm. Um, I think a lot of that is down to whether we see God as a product that works mm. or, or if he's Probably. something else. Yes. Mm. And I don't see, and I'm sure you don't see God, God as a product at all, but mm. I think it can be implied. Mm. And therefore, if things aren't right, either you're, you're doing something wrong or the product isn't working. Mm-hmm. And that's a very so dangerous... So you either beat yourself up or you give up on God. Yes. Yeah. 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 And you quit. Yes. Yes. Mm. And that's the danger. Well, the, the, the other part of the question is: Is church really any different from mm-hmm. any other group of reasonably nice people who yeah. get together and they just Chat. do some slightly different things? They sing songs rather than yeah. drink, drink beer or whatever, um, or both. I, or both. <laughs> um, but it strikes, it strikes me that um, I mean, a lot of it will look the same, um, yeah. especially in terms of actions that emerge from that community. I mean. Mm-hmm. Christians get involved in mm-hmm. social actions, working with homeless people, yes. with with um, people suffering de- depression, but so do other groups as well. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, it, it looks much the same um, uh, as other people. And I, I guess if there's a difference, it comes not so much on the surface, but it may come a, a little bit deeper in terms of motivation and where that comes from. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just struck by your comment about is it, you know, is it just Epicurean? Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, f- for Epicurus, the whole 
Made was salt, it? didn't he? I'm sure there's Epicurean salt. He what? <laughs> Epicurean <laughs> salt. Epicure salt. Isn't that that salt? Uh, that's someone chasing thing. a chicken. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a, yeah. you're kind of, you're that wasn't Epicurus, though. I don't think it was. <laughs> Sorry. You, well, you, no. you get it in good delicatessen. It's, like, <laughs> yes. that's right, yeah. it's all right. We like tangents on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've seldom uh, seen Graham so thrown by <laughs> <laughs> Across the room. It, get up. <laughs> it takes Charlie to do it. <laughs> well, he's... Um, he... Uh, when he had this thing that, you know, that there is no life beyond this one. Mm-hmm. All we have is the sort of physical atoms that make up our, our, our bodies. Yeah. And that when this life is over, we just dissolve into the earth and that's mm-hmm. it. No, no, there's no... There. When Epicureans were sort of practical atheists, they didn't believe in the gods mm-hmm. in any way. It was simply a, a sort of very... And actually, quite a sort of contemporary view of the world that there's nothing beyond this life. There's just the physical. Therefore, you might as well enjoy what you can. And it's not... Um, the Epicureans were not... You know, they were not doing sort of orgies every week and they lived well, though, raised, they, but really? they valued friendship, they yeah. valued good food and wine good salt. Yeah. and good salt <laughs> and that kind of thing. Um, and I suppose if there is a difference in motivation, I mean, there's, there's no real sort of eschatology there, there's no sort of future, there's no mm-hmm. purpose in that. Whereas I suppose for for for, for, for Christians, the, the, the goal of what we do here, the reason why we get involved in those things is actually something to do with what is coming. Mm-hmm. The fact that this isn't all there is to it. Um, so I guess that question of motivation becomes important. And that doesn't necessarily mean that what we do is materially different from what others do. But but in terms of what, what marks it out, mm-hmm. the question of motivation is quite important, I think. And part of that motivation presumably being building character, building your, your virtues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that um, although as Mike has said, I mean, enjoying yourself is not anti-Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. There are certain kinds of enjoyment that, that as Christians you know are not good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, or for other people. Or for other people, yeah. indeed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that you are actually, um, there is a responsibility to build uh, a character that shows something about the nature of God, mm-hmm. ideally. Yeah. <laughs> again, which again, Epicureans don't have, because no. they don't have any sense of no. that. And actually, Epicureans were... I mean, they, they, it, the value was so much on friendship, of course, that you didn't really have anyone in the group who wasn't a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I think that's one of the differences, yeah. or should be one of the differences between the church and the club, is that church, you should not choose mm-hmm. who they are. You, 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 mm. you take what you're given and, and, and you rejoice it. in it as family and you love it. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that, there is a question as to how much that is the case or whether we yeah. don't send out subtle signals so that we only attract the kind of people we want. Mm. Um, well, but, loving but is very difficult, isn't it? It is, and that's why we tend to that's why we pre- tend to pre-select. Pre-select and then start to worship being right and being mm. about mm. truth rather than... Yes. It's, it's a default, isn't it? Mm. Mm. The, se- the second thing is, I guess, it's a place where worship happens. Um, yeah, That should differentiate it from... a a club. Yes. Um, and the process of grace, which I guess is... Yeah, and worship happens together. Yeah. You, you, you take what you're given in terms of who you're yeah. there with, yeah. um, but you focus together on the, the one thing that unites you and um, and that that should mm-hmm. b- induce reality. Worship is the mm-hmm. most realising thing one can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's done properly, it should yeah. be making you real. Um just to, um, I guess it leads into another question that came to, came through to us, and particularly Jane's comment about sort of virtue and and character. And we we got a um, a question that came through uh, by phone. Actually, people are ringing us now. Wow, Goodness amazing! Me. Don't know who it's from. There's no name. So but modern. 
It is, isn't it? That's right, exactly. <laughs> Have you heard of telephones, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> um, the question was, please could you discuss whether music and other arts are amoral or whether there are certain music we shouldn't, should or shouldn't listen to, aside from the lyrics? Music and the arts in general seem to have such powerful emotional sway over people which can inspire them, it seems, to higher things or can stir up negative emotions such as anger or even violence. Mm. Of course, there have been some quite fundamentalist ideas about what music Christians should and shouldn't listen to, which seem too extreme. But is there actually music or art that is harmful or helpful spiritually? And if so, how do we discern the difference? And I suppose in that question, I'd, I think the question was getting at something a little bit more subtle than, you know, the words. Mm. Um, D minor is the saddest of all kinds. <laughs> <laughs> um, you haven't seen Spinal Tap, then you should. <laughs> <laughs> I have, actually. Yes. <laughs> but it's interesting that the same phrase is used by um, somebody who is a friend of Handel's. Yes, yes, yes. And analyse the different keys. Yeah. So that's probably yeah, where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. So, I suppose, so the question goes beyond that. The music itself or the art itself, is there is there art which one actually should not expose oneself to? Because well, some worship songs I think I have to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> you want to name and, some names? An ACDC. <laughs> I, mean, I, th- yeah. I think it's quite important to say that art and music and literature and poetry and dance and puppetry are all mm-hmm. good. That they're good things. They reflect mm-hmm. our creativity. And yeah, we yeah. are creative because we're made in the image of the creator. And therefore it's a good thing that we are creative. Now, like everything else about us, it's a good thing that can go wrong, mm-hmm. can get distorted, and you can produce pornography instead of great art. But but the point is, it's a good thing that's gone wrong and not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that that must be the way we begin on this, really. And I think it is 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 very relevant. You know, everyone is different. And I, I joked about some worship. I'm, I'm serious. I mean, I do have some worship songs make me incredibly angry. Mm just particularly ones that have been written recently where the words just leave me cold or I can't sing them. Mm. Equally, Kylie Minogue can irritate me. But I know other people who would clearly feel good about Kylie and would mm. love singing the worship songs I avoid. And I think so. There is no rule here. I think mm. we're working with mm. individuals who can listen to w- music without words and one can be moved to tears and the mm. other one can be left mm. irritated. Yeah. So I don't think if we're being asked for mm. laying down laws that we can uh, and so the basic r- r- rule, if there's going to be a rule, would be if, if it makes you feel mm. violent or whatever, Yes, mm. probably not good for you to listen to it. Yeah. If it makes someone else stumble, maybe don't play it that you well, know. Well, yeah, loudly in the ne- yeah. room next Although, door. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it might be good for you to be feeling angry about some of the worship. I mean, it may be uncovering something that needs to be uncovered. We just said you, yes. you have to be honest about who you are in mm. worship. That's true. Um, so just because it makes you cross doesn't make it a bad worship song. That's it? very true. <laughs> I think it's when the words can be a bit, a bit glib or repetitive. Yeah. 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 But what about, I mean, putting the question slightly more positively, um, rather than is there stuff we shouldn't listen to? Actually, yeah. how do you tell the difference between stuff that, as you say, you know, there's, there are, there is music, there is visual art, there is um, dance, whatever, that, that leaves you cold. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything at all. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, it's not negative. It's not bad. It doesn't mm-hmm. make you want to go and beat up grannies, but it it <laughs> just doesn't do anything for you. Or there's stuff which is positively um, helpful spiritually yeah, and, and, and positive. And how, how do you tell the difference between those? What is the characteristic of art that is that is for us sort of spiritually um, uh, positive? You know, Ruskin, the painter, 
he said that art had three purposes, beginning with E, which is quite kind of... Mm. Anglican. Anglican, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have been a good preacher. Yeah, although he was... He, I can't remember what his no. beliefs were. He had a rather long beard, didn't he? Very. That doesn't necessarily stop you from being a good preacher. Mm. <laughs> or Anglican. <laughs> 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 it may make you more orthodox. Put, put you in that direction. Um, exactly. He had three E's. They were to educate. Um, it could be one of three, or all three, or two of three even. One was to educate... The other one's to edify the spirit, and the third was to excite. Hmm. If if something could do any of those three or all three, it'd be a great thing. What about to expose things for what they really are? Put some clothes on, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we haven't gone for a video god <laughs> Yeah, yeah, expose truth. Yeah. Yes, expose yeah. truth or expose untruth. Mm. Yeah. I would have thought that would be another, another... Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm clear, there are a lot of things it can do there. Yeah. But I would say not, not every song that has the word Jesus in it necessarily is good. Right. Or Christian, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And it's similarly, I think God can speak very loudly through the secular. I think the prophets mm. of today are probably not in church. Yeah. Um, you know, I think. There's a, there's, is there something about the the celebration of life in that that if um, we talk about sort of spiritually helpful, spiritually positive, spiritually whatever we want to use that mm-hmm. word, but um, and for the Christian, of course, that connected into the Holy Spirit, which is yeah. the realm of the, of the Spirit we're talking about. And if the Spirit is the Spirit of life, the Spirit who gives life, the Spirit who renews life, who opposes death, then... Are you asking for a playlist? Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, that's one of those two. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right, yes. I want something on my iPod. Um, it's, 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 it's whether... I mean, one of the criteria, I guess, is that I mean, there is, I suppose, there is art, there is death, that, that, that there is art, there is music that perhaps celebrates death, mm-hmm. that actually leads towards death, and it, there may be some even some Christian stuff that does that mm-hmm. in a in a way of celebra- of of actually promoting a sense of falseness or, or mm. whatever it might might yeah. be, but something that opens up life and enables you to celebrate the good thing that life is. But it is sometimes difficult to tell the difference, isn't it? Because, yeah, um, because if we have to face honestly that death is a reality in our world, mm-hmm. then that needs to be part of our our worship and our spirituality mm-hmm. in some way. How mm-hmm. we well, there's yeah, but there's acknowledging it as a reality, but it's still a reality that needs to be opposed. It seems to me that death is not ultimately part of God's intention for no us. Yes. Do not yeah. go gently into that good night. Who wrote that? It was Dylan Thomas. Rage against yeah. the dying yeah. of the light. Yeah. I mean, and, that's, yeah. and it seems fantastic. to me that art can be sometimes pretty brutal mm-hmm. and yet absolutely authentic and, and genuine. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I suppose I'm thinking of um, the the portrait of the painting of the uh, dead Christ in the tomb by mm. Holbein yeah. completely different from the kind of court paintings we normally associate with him yeah. but uh, mm. absolutely brutal and you go into the room mm-hmm. in Basel art gallery and it hits you the kind of horror of the thing mm-hmm. um, and there's no hope you know that he's in, in, entombed that you can't you can't even look to heaven it's, uh, dark, yeah. it's completely dark and yet mm-hmm. it confronts you with the reality mm-hmm. of the crucifixion in mm-hmm. a way that very few works do, mm-hmm. it seems to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to me to be hugely 
authentic and real and, mm-hmm. and important, even though it's mm. hard mm. and mm. difficult to look at. And but I would say that strange is strangely lifting. Mm. Yes, yeah, that's the paradox. Mm. I think it is. Well, it because is. It's true. Presumably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there there have been and are Christian subcultures that try to legislate for what people mm-hmm. may and may not mm. read, listen mm. to, watch, mm-hmm. experience, yeah. and um, they seem to me very often subcultures based on fear. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but I, so, so I wouldn't want actually to, to make rules about what people no. should and shouldn't no. listen to, but no. I would like to suggest that more Christian communities ought to be talking about these things because no. there are, are undoubtedly um, trends in, um, in music that are um, deeply degrading of women, for yes. example. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Um, and I think as, a, as Christians, we, we ought to be talking about that and talking about the mm-hmm. effect on people's mm-hmm. lives and, and psyches of... Mm-hmm. of of trends like that, mm. and I mean, and that's primarily the words, of course. Although the music can the, have, the a, music, have a brutality exactly. yeah. that goes yeah. with that, mm. but I think it's also worth talking about music and art. You know, the skill is a really important thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we've kind of tended to think that, you know, as long as it's done in a good with a good heart, mm-hmm. it's going to be good art, and that's mm-hmm. actually not <laughs> the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. um, to enjoy the depth and, and, and you know. That the work has because of its skillfulness mm-hmm. seems to me to be part of a good enjoyment of the thing, a proper hedonism, mm-hmm. if you like. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there's a, and there's a, there is a form of art which is a, a kind of longing for something, mm, yes. and it may not even necessarily know what that thing is. But mm-hmm. as a Christian, you often notice a there's a longing for God in this in some in some ways, not articulated or or articulate necessarily. Um, but and that, that can often connect into the that sense of honesty in church life as well. I remember preaching a sermon in, in another church some time ago and um, I'm connecting into your comment Mike about Holbein and the mm. and the dead Christ and it was really about um, I guess it was about Easter Saturday the day when Holy, Holy Saturday. Sorry yeah Holy yes. Saturday yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the day when the day after Good Friday where Christ is in the tomb mm-hmm. there's no apparent sign of anything other than that mm-hmm. and um, you know experiences what, that feel like that you know everything's over it's finished it's dead it's gone um and i remember using there's a song by um you two wake up dead man oh, that's a great song yeah which um i remember yeah. playing as part of this service and it's a very powerful song mm-hmm. because it's a sort of this this hopeless prayer if you like mm-hmm. you know and it, it, the prayer that you might wake up a dead man i mean that's a crazy prayer you know you just use don't do that. Dead men don't don't wake up. It's kind of what um, they don't do. <laughs> so in some ways, it's quite a bleak song. But of course, seeing it in the, and playing it in the context of a church, you kind of you know something about the, the the hope of resurrection. So therefore, it means so much so much more. I mean, fascinating enough, actually, there is a the, the there is a there's a word in the song. Um, the F word is there in the song, mm-hmm. and um, we got more comments about the the presence of the F word mm-hmm. afterwards than. That we did about the actual, you know, um, <sighs> thing itself, which is slightly depressing. But um, <laughs> that was a sigh. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you can do that on radio. <laughs> it wasn't edited out, obviously. <laughs> but um, yeah. But uh, your point about longing, I think, is very, very true, and, and that's one of the things that art does in many ways is somehow encapsulate that sense of longing. Mm. Um, Lewis, C.S. Lewis, talks about it quite a lot in his, mm-hmm. in particularly in Pilgrim's Regress. He mm-hmm. talks about that kind of nostalgia for something yep. that yep. you don't quite know what it is and can't define. Mm-hmm. And the, the film Educating Rita has that wonderful moment when they're all in a in a pub with the kind of music blaring out one Saturday night, and 
um, the mother, I think, I think Rita's mother is sitting there uh, depressed and mm-hmm. just says, there's got to be a better song to sing than this. Mm. Mm. Um, and that's a longing for something better. That's mm. a longing for... And, and uh, you know, as Christians, we can actually give some flesh and bones to that mm. longing, that hope, mm. and some hope that underneath it. And also almost awakening, as in wake up, something that we've mm. forgotten. Yeah, I think this whole idea. I mean, I can't remember who I was trying to remember whether it's Chesterton. I think he said that any moment in art of ecstasy that you have is just a, f- a fleeting mm. sensation that mm. we've re- we were remembering something that we've forgotten, mm. Mm. you know, embedded deep within us. And if that if art can draw that out, music yeah. or otherwise. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I love about that kind of response you're talking about, Charlie, which is which is so vivid, is that it isn't an answer. Mm-mm. And you were talking mm. about how we are so tempted always as Christians to feel that we have to give an answer yeah. to everything. And, and art doesn't answer questions. Mm. It, it evokes, Good art doesn't. It, 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 it yeah. evokes things. It's, it's mm. about mm. I- intense reaction, isn't it? Mm. Yes. Yeah. But also I think it's linear. I think it, 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 for me anyway, I enjoy it when I'm, I'm taken from A to, to B. Yes, you were mm. saying it's, yeah. mm. It's part of a, a, an argument process for you. Yeah, or a journey. Yeah. You, yeah. you begin one place and end up somewhere else. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, do, Charlie, when you when you um, sit down to paint or sculpt or all the things you do, do you have a sense of what you're trying to do in that? Is it possible to articulate that in general terms or is it different really, every time? It really, really varies. Yeah. Um, I, I think probably I think far too much and so I put a lot of my questions in when I'm, Making the art, I'm always asking questions. I think mm. becoming a Christian doesn't necessarily answer your questions; it just gives you a different mm. set of questions, and they mm. never really end. Mm. And um, somebody to address them to. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, who seems to know the answers? Yeah. Um, so, uh, or at least who doesn't distort mm. the conversation? Mm. I think. I think that's one of the ways I come to see God as yeah. the one the, and who the, un, the one undistorting conversation <laughs> partner. Completely undistorted. And go on. When you say not distorting, what what do you mean? I think we, because of our brokenness and and fallibility, Mm -hmm. and our occasional, fairly frequent evasions of truth, yeah, um, shut down lines of exploration that others are wrestling with, all too easily, or twist them, or want Mm. them to fit Mm. into our conversation, our mindset, our questions. Yes. Whereas God doesn't, he lets them be what they are and lets us be who we are, I think. And the, yeah. other, the other thing God does, I guess, in that conversation is, is actually he questions us. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I just yeah. start reading, yeah, you read Job at the end when God butts into the conversation and sort of shuts everybody up and the, the friend is all <laughs> silent. So rude. There's this whole kind of torrent of questions that God asks Job, you know, where were you when I laid the foundations yeah, yeah. of the earth? And it's just an endless Barrage, road of, of questions for Job. And you know, it's as if Job's questions suddenly stop because he's being questioned by by God. And that's that's an important part of the conversation mm. as well, that, that Job has to somehow respond to God's questions. And, um, and again, maybe art does something of that as well. It's responding to God's questions of us. And how does it relate to praying, Charlie, when you're when you're doing things? Is it... Prayer or is prayer something different? I, I, I'm, I'm, have a terrible attention span. I always have, and prayer suffers because of it. And I think that, for some reason, making marks and whether with whatever is paint or whatever can hold my attention. And I think within that process, I, I think praying is made easier. Mm. 
um, and I can start work at 11 in the morning and, and look at the watch and think it's lunchtime and it's actually 5 o'clock, mm. 6 o'clock. And mm. in that time, I think I probably have been asking questions or listening or something. So it's a vehicle, definitely, for going somewhere with with God. It's also a place sometimes where when I'm... Uh, I can feel nothing at all and make no prayers whatsoever and just listen to the radio. Mm. So I, I think it's a, as in life is about turning up. I think if you just carry on with <laughs> with with the process, mm. at some stage it becomes prayer and others it isn't. But I would never dare to say, oh, yes, it's a very consistently holy experience. Mm. I, I, I wouldn't admit that. I don't know that prayer is always a consistently well, holy that's experience. True. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Not mine, anyway. <laughs> well, we've um, probably come to the end of our time and... Um, Charlie, thank you very much for coming oh. today. No, no, I've, in, I've, in, I've enjoyed it, it's especially Mike's okay. spotty, spotty trousers. Okay, I thought you were going to say, <laughs> oh, there's, a, there's an inconsistency in your story here. You said I wasn't wearing any clothes at all. <laughs> I put some on, obviously, in the yeah. last 20 minutes. The listener's imagination is running wild <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and Charlie, if, if somebody wanted to f- um, have a look at some of the things you've done, um, how would they do that? There's a, there's a website, isn't there? There is a website, charliemackesey.com, yeah. Okay. Which is lots of little pictures that you can vaguely see. So Mackesey is an M-A-C-K-E-S-Y. Yeah, and, and actually I'm working on a thing in St Paul's Hammersmith, which is a, a triptych which, on, on the altar wall, which is a three-part painting of the mm. uh, prodigal, the crucifixion, and the baptism of Jesus, which, going back just what we were talking about, that the painting of, the, of Jesus when it really was the end, mm-hmm. the, the good thing about a triptych is that actually you can it can read like a story. And so while mm-hmm. the, the central panel is Christ in darkness, dead. Mm-hmm. The left-hand panel hopefully will be Jesus laughing when he's been back. I haven't ever seen pictures of him laughing, so it'd be nice to have him mm-hmm. ecstatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final one is what the cross is on, which is the redemption and forgiveness. So that's mm-hmm. if you want to come have a cup of tea. You if you live in London, passing by Hammersmith, yeah. that big church by the flyover. They probably won't like me for saying that cause <laughs> Floods of people <laughs> all over the world. Well, all the eight people will now be coming. To this. <laughs> <laughs> you true, well, including <laughs> us. <that's> four. <laughs> four others somewhere. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Very good. Well, thank you, um, everybody. Um, Mike and Jane. It's a pleasure. And Charlie. Pleasure. Thank um, you for asking. I have recently started something I've started doing. I started um, twittering. You've probably heard him. <laughs> do you ever do this? Do you yes, I can do it now. Twitter? Listen. <laughs> It's the only Twittering I'll ever do. Very good. It's very good. Yeah. Have you? So you Twitter, do you? I have actually. I do. Yeah, that's right. It's actually quite fun. I am now on the loo. (laughs) Not quite like that. (laughs) (laughs) Marginally more interesting, but not much. (laughs) So if anyone out there is really interested in the boring details of my life, they can look for me on Twitter. (laughs) I think that's enough. Thank you very much. That was GodPod, a podcast from the St. Paul's Theological Centre. If you want to send us a question, just email it to godpod at htb.org.uk. We can't promise to answer all the questions you send in, but we'll certainly try. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.